Chicago, Chicago, that toddling town, toddling town, Chicago, Chicago, I'll show you around. The corner was our magic, our music, our politics. Fires raised as tribal dancers and war cries broke out of different quarters. Power to the people. And just say, Shot City. If you don't know by now, talk about Shot Town. And just say, Shot City. Hey everybody, this is episode 13 of the Chicago Sunnyside Podcast. Once again, I am Kasabez Makuma. And I'm Nahez Meniu. And we're happy to bring you the conclusion of our uh, series on health. It's been a wonderful series. It's been a wonderful fasting period. Um, for those of you who don't know, Kasabez and I were participating in the world's oldest spiritual fast mm -hmm. at least documented spiritual fast coming from the comedic temples or the temple culture of the nile valley that has migrated to the niger valley and throughout traditional africa and that fast was 49 days long dare we say it's the world's longest traditional fast as well it's it's interesting because that fast being the oldest, you can see many similarities with the newer religious fast, the newer spiritual fast. For example, Ramadan does, or Islam does Ramadan, and Ramadan is a fast that lasts for 30 days, a full month. And uh, Christianity observes Lent, and Lent goes for 40 days. Mm -hmm. um, this fast goes for 49 days, but it actually, there's a 40-day period between when the significant event occurs mm -hmm. and when the fast for the general public starts. So that 40 days is, is very important. Um, and you can see that 40 days reflected in the Lent season. But this fast is 49 days because the day of the event when the general public fasts, those in the temples don't fast because of the ceremonies that we have to do on that day. And then 40 days later, the general public will start a fast again that will go for 10 days. But the day after the first event, the temple will be fasting for the next 49 days. So we were participating in that and that was a wonderful experience as it is every year. But in this particular year, and with us having started the Chicago Sunnyside podcast and coming to you weekly, bi-weekly. As often as we can. <laughs> as often as we can. There you go. Uh, we were trying to cover topics and speak to community leaders about health. The health problems that we face and the resources that people are making available for people to improve their health. Mm -hmm. And it's been a good series. Yeah, uh, we talked about community health with Healthy Hood and activism and how collectively we need to um, support each other in our health. And that was an inspiring episode because you see young people, both Tanya and Alan are young, and they have that spirit of resistance in them. That spirit of resistance to even to really achieve good health, to really achieve a balanced life, you have to be ready to resist what the common culture, what the system of oppression, system of capitalism, of colonialism is trying to push on you. You have to be able to resist it if it doesn't fit. Last episode that we did before this one was with uh, Cicely McLennan, um, who's a longtime activist in the area, well, in many areas, but in particular, we were dealing with the concept of food, food sovereignty, access to healthy food, fresh grown food, naturally grown food, and, um, you know, how, as uh, all of us who were on that show, uh, the two of us and her are also repatriates to Africa, 
um, how we see differences in the way the food is prepared there, as well as um, some of the co cooperative ways of growing food. Hmm. Yes, and we made sure to kind of end with that one because we know for most people in Chicago, most people who are listening to us around the United States, um, even around uh, um, modern territories, when you say health, we tend to think of physical health first. Mm -hmm. And when you think of physical health, if you have any exposure to healing, if you've done any study in healing, the first level you think about is, okay, I can eat better and become healthier. Mm -hmm. um, and so food is a major player in where our health will be. I found it interesting, though, because we talked to this sister who really dedicates so much time and energy into that. But I almost think like there was a lot that went unsaid because, you know, it's a huge topic. It's, it's a huge topic. But even before you even maybe talk about the details of what food you eat in, what food's good for this, what food's good for that, you have to make sure you eat them food first. Mm. And a lot of times in the cities, we're not even clear that, just like we're not clear that we live in in, in prolonged and in chronic trauma or chronic stress, we're not clear that we eat in foodstuffs that aren't food. Right. That didn't, you know, wasn't harvested. I mean, when it was harvested, it was a long time ago. I forgot who, who made the... Um who made the saying drugs masquerading as foods yeah Maybe, exactly uh, i don't know if it was dr africa or somebody else but yeah drugs masquerading the food like it's something that has an effect on the body more like a drug like it create it's designed specifically to create a sensation when you eat it or drink it and it doesn't have anything to do with the health i mean it's the health properties of what it's doing in the body and making sure that it's doing something good for the body, nourishing the body is not a consideration. So that's really, you know. So, yeah, I think we did deal with that a lot more. Yeah. Than even Which is important to deal with. Yeah. Because, you know, you can think you're eating vegetables when you eat Flaming Hots because they're made from corn. <laughs> but it's like you're not. You're not eating food. You know what I mean? Right. Food. <laughs> just like just like the pill that you take, aspirin or Tylenol or something, may have originally come from a plant, but there's no semblance of a plant left in it when you take it. Right. And so that was a very um, insp inspiring sister. I talked about that already in the episode. You know, shout out to Cicely. Uh, That's look my forward G. to see, seeing you again soon. Um, but that that notion of physical health we didn't really as i'm saying we didn't really get into a lot of details we didn't really get into a lot of the diseases that our people are struggling with mm -hmm. here we didn't really get into you know she had mentioned some numbers like 60 percent of children have metabolic disorders mm -hmm. that means disorders in the body of how the body even processes foods because the body doesn't know how to process foods because you because it's not food you've been giving it things that aren't food I mean the body's a natural organism and then you're putting something in it every time and you know not just every once in a while but pretty much 90% of what we eat is something that's not natural even the fresh fruits and vegetables we get at the store you know you don't know if it's GMO you don't know uh, what kind of pesticides they put on it you don't know any of the details of how that food arrives at your table uh they hybridize seeds uh you know a lot of times I, re I remember thinking that uh limes are not supposed to have seeds until i got some maritime had lime with seeds and it's full of seeds it's like half the thing is seeds and uh <laughs> that's because you <laughs> that's because you were traumatized though. and when i yeah i was, uh, I was, I was recovering here? from uh prolonged trauma it was like when i went to uh, west virginia and i was surprised when i saw uh, there was a, a black dentist with white clients i was like i must be traumatized i think we're slipping back <laughs> yeah i me. lost my lip gloss i lost the seeds in my lives no no i mean <laughs> it's not it's not trauma like that but it's like you know conditioning where you like you think something is normal and it's not normal yeah no definitely definitely um 
But when you think about that, how much of a majority of people are suffering in their health mm-hmm. from metabolic issues? And even, you know, you hear other numbers often like 80% of the population over 40 years of age is on at least one prescription drug. Right. What are, what are we doing? Like, I don't even know if it's almost like, shouldn't we start grading health on a curve? Because everybody's losing. Everybody's failing. Right. That's crazy. Um, but we didn't talk about the details. Like, what are we really dealing with? How many people in our families in arm's reach have diabetes, have hypertension, have, you know, cancer, cancerous issues? And she mentioned cancer clusters, but she didn't really go into it. Mm-hmm. And even noticing that in some neighborhoods, you just have a cluster of people that are suffering from cancer and you're just like where is this coming from Hmm. so all of that you know is very real issues that we're facing in chicago um but everywhere 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 i only say chicago because chicago's sunny side but yeah everywhere even around the world especially as the modern diet comes to different places around the world and is even seen as the diet of the upper class or the diet of luxury or you know privilege um and that's it's almost like a self-sabotage. It's like human beings in a in a self-sabotage. I mean, it's it's the scary part is like you know when it comes to cancer clusters in particular, uh, and some of the other issues that we may be dealing with, uh, mental issues or behavioral issues or psychological or what memory problems and things of that nature. We don't really know what all that's coming from because we know there's problems in the diet, even the denatured the food that comes from the denatured seeds that spread with spray with pesticides then harvested and then probably sits in a in a refrigerator for a month before it even gets to your grocery store Mm -hmm. and then by then you know that's if it makes it to the grocery store because a lot of the stuff that we eat is uh processed in a factory first into some other type of thing and then it's shipped to the grocery store as a product that's prepackaged uh it's you know we're dealing with that but then we're dealing with stuff like frequencies you know i heard a lot um around the time the pandemic was coming out when they were rolling out the pandemic protocol uh they um there was a big thing about 5g rollout at the same time Mm -hmm. and even people were saying oh the 5g is causing you know whatever and uh you know even the diseases that uh the pandemic itself we don't know i'm just saying that uh, we all of this technology is coming out and we know that it has an effect on the body we know that it has an effect on the health but we don't know to what extent and we don't know the long-term consequences and effects of different technologies that we're using um, different uh, I mean even something as simple as the the heating systems in our houses or taking showers in hot water mm. uh, you know having these unnatural heating sources you know and it's coming it's hitting our body uh staying indoors every day we don't get uh we're in houses that are 100 percent temperature controlled and it's just you know we have one temperature we wanted to stay all year round and then our whatever our climate control mechanism in the house will cool it down when it's hot and heat it up when it's cold and then we don't get any air from outside when we're in the house and then we spend most of the time inside if it's not at home it's at work you know not getting fresh air not getting to see the sun um what are all what are the effects of all this kind of lifestyle that is uh not natural and not time tested either you know we don't know you know the long-term effects we don't know the long-term effects effects but if we pay attention we can see the short-term effects yeah and the short-term effects are already there and already clearing right because we can say i mean it's interesting you bring that up because right now in the earth center in the publishing department we are preparing the historical archives of the rising firefly magazine Mm -hmm. to be available digitally and i came across one of the old articles uh about cell phones Mm-hmm. And right. cell phones effects on us and the brain and all of this and, and this was before smartphones. Up. This before smartphones. This is before four G, three G, two G. This before even your BlackBerry, all of that, and how it was really like a warning. And now it's just like, hey, you walk, you 
take a drive and you go to a bus stop this morning I, I walked I drove past the bus stop outside of a, a, a school and everybody's street. just like this it's just like nobody there's talking nobody there's even looking at each other so you see that effect I mean the, you can even go to the club and everyone's looking at this the point even is that's the 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 wild thing about what you are saying you know the effect of all of this denatured way of living is that our system our modern leaders are really turning everybody into aliens to our own planet mm. and that's what we have to understand if you become an alien to your planet that means you don't know how to live there and you're no longer in harmony with the planet We're but it's your planet like way past it but it's your planet so now we all have been alienated from our planet and the order and the harmony that our planet keeps and when we talk about the cell phones that's the small effect the small effect is we no longer know how to talk to each other the small effect is all we look like you know the walking dead you know plastered right. to our phones right. the real effect is that there's been a genocide in congo for like years nobody's talking about it nobody cares because it's like hey but is my iphone is the new iphone out yet right even though people are dying daily children are being sent into mines just so that they can get the minerals so that we can put it in the phones so it has an effect it's just that's how cruel the new system is is that wherever it needs to suck the blood of humanity to gain it just makes sure to hide it from the humanity that benefits right. and then the humanity that the the side that benefits we just happy to get it yeah and even the, the side that's suffering they don't even know that what they're suffering from is to build these cell phones so then they end up turning around i want a cell phone too let me work hard so i can get a cell phone too it's so it's so sinister and we you know we it's congo yes but we have rare earth minerals that are coming from mostly china that are extremely polluting that we use for the batteries i found out that just to get sand that's needed for like microchips and even concrete which is used extensively like especially like in africa to build all the houses there uh a lot of the roads are built with concrete i mean you think of concrete it's ubiquitous. It's all over the place. And you think that, you know, oh, you know, that's not really a big thing. Like, you mm. know, to get the sand for the concrete, it's mostly sand, by the way. To get the sand is, uh, you, they are like digging up whole riverbeds to get the sand because mm. they need sand that's been, mm. that's from water. You don't need, you can't have sand that's uh, from a desert. It doesn't work. You need sand that's in a water body. So they're digging up rivers and destroying the ecosystem, polluting areas that depend, you know, and then people who depend on fishing for survival, they can't fish. And then they, they use, sand is also used for microchips as mm -hmm. well. So, you know, obviously another part of the phone that's not even to talk about plastics, uh, glass also is sand. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Uh, the factories that are processing all of this what type of pollution you know we know about pollution that comes from factories that's like the thing you're talking about cancer clusters now there's a lot of areas in chicago where there used to be factories they've been torn down and replaced by residential areas and those the the, the land is contaminated and a lot of people end up dying that way just um, there's neighborhoods in chicago it's hard to even drive through like you get there and you're like oh what's that smell yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then people live there. It's yeah. a, you know, it's a whole neighborhood where yeah. children you, are. Or drive down the street and you look and you see the uh, the. I mean, I was living in Hammond for a few years uh, in Indiana, Indiana. and uh, yeah, the, the Exxon Mobil plant is there. Uh, BP plant is there. You drive past the BP BP plant, you think you know you're on Mars or something, man. Another great point that Sicily made was that we reflect the earth as human beings we reflect the earth as human beings we're extension of the st extensions of the earth so however denatured we are however unhealthy we are we will see us doing the same thing to earth and we will see earth suffering for it we will see at least you know the level of earth the layer of earth that we can see we can we can see it suffering with us or vice versa, us suffering when we make it suffer. And the important point in that is 
it's in bringing that back up is that I don't want us in now talking about Congo, talking about how we ruining the earth with our own desires, our own um, insatiable hungers. I don't want it to be like, well, it's so widespread. What you're going to do about it? Because what you do about it is you focus on improving your health, improving your lifestyle, improving the effect you have on your surroundings, and then that will be reflected. That will be reflected in your surroundings. And so even with what we're talking about now, with how denatured we are made to live, there are ways that we can start to slowly change that. Mm -hmm. And there are ways that we can start to repair our health. It's true, a lot of people don't even think about the fact that if you live inside all day, what that does to your brain. Mm-hmm. Not only what it does to your brain because you're not talking, you're only staring in the phone, that already is bringing a degeneration to the brain. Even nowadays, think about how many times you've started to talk and then you're just like, how come I can't <laughs> find a word? How come I don't know what mm-hmm. to say? Mm-hmm. How come, you know, it's almost like we forgot how to talk because the pandemic came, everybody was quarantined to their houses, nobody's socializing anymore, and you see the brain starts degenerating. Mm-hmm. Kids can't even go back to school now. But then also just the waste that the brain has to recycle and rebreathe because you stay inside and you're not outside getting fresh air. Mm. And the nutrition deficit that you get because you stay inside and you're not being fed by the sun and you're not and you're not harmonizing the rhythms that your body needs. When the sun rises, it needs to feel the sun. It needs to feel that light. We made out of light. As human beings, we made out of light. If you don't allow it to to feed off of the light of the sun, then your energy starts sinking, your behavior starts sinking, your your you know mental state starts sinking, and all of that we having those effects on us now because of how we live and how denatured we live. I mean, they even have a word for that uh, seasonal def- seasonal affective disorder or sad like mm-hmm. you know what or as we call it was it cabin fever we yeah. just call it back in the day yeah and, and it's a big thing in winter and mm-hmm. that's why i bring it up because my brother casabez and i we've been working in on costa and the earth center for almost 20 years now we've been receiving a lot of clients watching as our master received clients and sure in the u.s Many, if not most, I mean the overwhelming majority, just like Cicely was pointing out, of health issues that people are suffering from, they need help with, they ate themselves there. Mm. They, they got there by how they ate and what they chose to eat and not understanding, you know, diet and how important it was and, you know, natural foods and all of that, just like we talked about. But then there are some other things that are coming from the environment. And I know, you know, in the news, in the media, that's been really taking up a lot of our attention with COVID, of course. We're coming out of COVID with uh, this respiratory virus that had everybody freaking out, traumatized, panicking. And hopefully, even in the panic, we saw that this health system doesn't really know what they're doing. I swear, if, if I mean, that was the biggest uh, clue into like how inept the modern medical system is. And I, and I don't understand how people are still trusting it the same way. Like, oh, let me follow the science. I believe in the science. That prolonged trauma we're talking about, mm-hmm. that chronic stress we're talking about it's just like if you live at home with a husband that beats you every day then you go back to that husband you're like oh you know i love you you're so good to me when you're not beating me you're so good to me who else do i know that's who i know to give my love from Mm -hmm. who else do a lot of people know that's who they know to go to sure you poisoning me poisoning me sure you using me like guinea pigs but who else do I know? Where else would I go? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just kind of sickening. But, you know, uh, before we get into that, I, I wanted to bring up an, one more point on the environment aspect. Um, uh, I think the carbon footprint and global warming is another big thing that's been uh, talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, the whole idea of global warming 
is this idea that all oh, the temperatures are rising globally and that can cause global catastrophes to happen sometime in the future. And that's kind of a topic that's been hotly contested based on, you know, the science of, you know, the proof that is this really going to happen in 50 years, 100 years, whatever, whatever. We don't have to wait 50 to 100 years to see that, you know, you've killed all the fish in the river, that, you know, plants cannot grow here, Mm -hmm. that food grown here is contaminated, that people living here are dying from cancer. Like, we have all that proof already. You don't need to wait and say, oh, is is the earth heating up? We don't have to wait for that because we already see the effects on the local level that's very, very, very destructive. So when people talk about the carbon footprint, it's a, it's a real it's a real thing. Like, you know, I don't know if I, w- I wouldn't use that term if I was coming up with a term for it, but just try to be not uh, as, a, you know, affecting the earth as much. Let, let's say I, we have this picture of the skyline here and we like to talk about how beautiful the skyline is. Uh, I remember um, hearing one time that Master Navo, I think, was he on a plane with you guys? And he was saying that, uh, that I mean, they were like, oh, it's so beautiful, look at the city from the sky and everything like that. Yeah, that was when we were road tripping. Okay. And so we'd be out in the rural area, and so the rural area he just would really appreciate. Mm-hmm. And then he, we weren't in a plane, but he just mentioned, like, you know, when you're in the plane and you look down... And you see the lights in the city, that just looks like a sore on the earth. That mm-hmm. looks like an open wound on the earth. Right. And that, you know, just hearing that, I mean, I wasn't in that conversation, but just hearing that he said that really made me think, like, you know, we really, with all this infrastructure that we're building, we're causing big gaping wounds on the earth. Just to just to live our daily lives, we, we rely on destruction. And it's, you know... Uh, people are wanting to come up with these different type of alternative energy sources so that they can continue to live the same uh, denatured lifestyle. Uh, so if we drive a Tesla, that's better than driving a you know F one fifty because it's electricity that we're using instead of uh, burning uh, gas. But where is the electricity coming from? Well, and what about the material used to make the batteries? What about the you know the roads that we're re- driving on? You know, there's there's so many questions. You know, like why do we need to do all these things instead of living in nature? And uh, I, you know, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite while we're on here on the internet with artificial lights and everything like this. But using, you know, using an iPhone to tape it and everything. We know, have we, to. We already. Sound we're like we're plugged. <laughs> We're, we're, you know, still plugged into the matrix, but I think that there has to be a goal or a vision of how we can be connected back with nature and then we can have some infrastructure that we can use sometimes, but it doesn't have to be everybody. Like the goals, it's almost like the goal is we want to depopulate the planet so that everybody in, I mean, people are talking about population, the problem of population what is it overpopulation mm-hmm. and uh you know the so-called problem but then at the same time you say you want everybody to have running water and electricity and this and that it's not practical it's interesting because you see the political game played with the carbon footprint uh, idea and the global warming idea because when we have interests we protect those interests mm. and so just like in the modern court system it's like if you can bring up a technicality that was done wrong it don't matter if you if you if right. you did it if you killed the guy or not it doesn't yeah, matter you get like off your goal because is of to that. get him off because you're his lawyer and that's how we treat arguments now or, that's how we treat how we live in now that's how we treat how we treat the earth because it's like we all can see we have an effect on the earth Right. We all can look down and see, oh, I just threw down that can. That can will stay there until somebody picks it up. That's an effect. Mm-hmm. Even at the smallest level, that's an effect that just me has. Mm-hmm. So now, if you start talking about, hey, there's much larger effects than the ones you you see, because if you consider all of us are being neglectful together, mm-hmm. 
then that's going to have a huge effect. And then if somebody says, well, but the way you call it, you know, that's fake news. I don't have to listen to it. I get to right. keep doing whatever I want to do. Right. That's just cheap. And then it's like we don't care for each other. We're not caring for each other. We're not caring for our descendants. All we care about is our interests, protecting our interests, protecting our profits. And our ego sometimes because you might not even have a horse in the race. And so you got people who's arguing over ideologies and they don't have a, they, they don't benefit financially whether it's coal being burned or whether it's uh solar panels and so yeah do you have people who's benefiting from solar panel production and they're advocating for their side and they're saying they're bringing up all the reasons why solar panels are better when their real interest is just profit mm -hmm. and that they have millions of people following them mm -hmm. you said yes we sit in here as hypocrites too in some ways, you know, we all are in the modern world, we're in the modern cities, we're plugged in. But at the same time, just like we were talking about with Sicily, it's about now where you're making your goals mm -hmm. and who you are given authority to. Because now, if you're making your goals, rural life. I was born into the city, I grew into the city. Masanaba used to laugh at me at least once a month, call me city boy. Mm -hmm. Because that's what I know. That's where I'm educated. But now if I see as a city boy that, oh, there are people on this planet that know how to live on it. That didn't lose that. Mm -hmm. That didn't get so wrapped up and infatuated with the taste that they can have here and the pleasures that they can have here and the ambitions that they have. That they are ready to forsake everybody else and everything else. They were just focused on preserving how people live in harmony with the earth, I want to go and learn from them. Mm -hmm. And then I want to go put my goals with them. And then I want to go make sure that my goal is leaving, if you see this as luxury, my goal is leaving this luxury and going back to that rural life. Mm -hmm. Now, Even raising children in it. Now, to get from A to B, you're going to have to get there. Right. You can't just, you know materialize yeah you, you can't you can't just beat me up scotty right. you have to get there so we we definitely are plugged in but it's really about where your goals are mm -hmm. and where your priorities are and if now you you're giving authority to the people that know and that's the big thing about this whole climate change mm -hmm. fiasco right is that you you the our leaders want to continue having summits and big meetings and votes and all of this when all they have to do is hey these people that each of us have on our continent that we've regulate relegated to reservations or to the worst land that we can possibly put them on or and we trying to take away their rights and we trying to make sure we steal and benefit from all their resources all we have to do is call them in a place and say hey we were wrong what should we do mm. you the ones that know you did it for your your people, your system of government, your holy places. You succeeded in doing it for generations. What should we do? But nobody has the humility to do that. And nobody has the honesty to do that. Because now it's like, okay, we need to fix something. We did something wrong. How can I be the one to make money on the next shift? And that's really what it's about. Speaking of which, and... Uh I think we do have to get more into talking about health again, but uh, this, I tried. This pulled me right back. <laughs> this reminds me towards of <laughs> climate change, a this big topic that can have a whole series to itself. Yeah, we should do one. Uh, but um, it reminds me of a series of articles I did. Shout outs to me. Uh, <laughs> we we uh, it was called Public Enemy Number One right after because we were talking it, about ego. Shout it was out to a, me. <laughs> My humility, shout yeah. out to me. Hey, 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 hey. Okay, hey, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. Don't call me a hypocrite. <laughs> I'm trying to get there, okay? <laughs> but anyways, uh, when um, I was writing these articles about uh, protected areas, wildlife protected areas, mm -hmm. and uh, it was called Public Enemy Number One because there was something in my research, I was one of the people who's like indigenous people in some of these protected areas was saying that like the biggest danger that they're facing in these wildlife areas, the biggest threat isn't like illegal logging or mining and all of this stuff. It's the actual 
uh, wildlife protection agencies themselves, the Nature Conservancy, the World Wildlife Foundation, and these type of big uh, agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, because what they do is they come to people's land, like they come to people who have been preserving their lands for, you know, since humans have been there. And then they're these beautiful lands and then they say, hey, this place needs to be protected when it already had been protected because you haven't destroyed it yet. Uh, then they come and they say, oh, the reason why uh, wildlife areas are uh, in danger is because of humans. So they put all the indigenous people out who've been living there. Or if not all of them, major- the majority of them, and they say they need to <clears throat> limit their activities and tell them what the activities are that they need to be doing to, you know, and what they can't do, regulate their activities uh, on their own land to preserve the land that they already were preserving. You know, so it's a huge hypocrisy. Like, that you're going to come from a, a city like here, like Chicago or like New York or like Paris or whatever, and then come to a wildlife place and say, oh, I studied in college, so I know better than you how to preserve your lands, when you don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and being repatriates, we hear those stories. You mm-hmm. talk to people that grew up in a village, all they know is farming. Mm-hmm. They know every year the farming season comes, that's what they have to do. They have to be out there. All the children have to be out there learning to farm, learning how to survive, feed themselves. Then at some point, they get these college students who come from across the ocean who say, okay, we're here to teach you farming. And then those people didn't grow up on a farm. Right. Those people didn't even work on a farm. Those people studied how to farm in a book. And then you want to teach me how to farm in a country that's not even your place? Right. And you don't even know how to farm back in your place? Right. To grow food that you don't even eat? Yeah. And then they they say, oh, you need to use these genetically modified seeds. We need to help you with subsidies so that you can have fertilizers, that you can have uh, tractors and, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever that the modern farming uh, system depends on. And then uh, it causes a whole other host of problems that they didn't have before. Yeah. So, coming back to COVID, a problem that we didn't have before. Mm. Um, You get some of, you know, some of the health issues we're facing on the individual level come from the environment. But like I was saying, having been in this 20 years, seeing the clients that came to see our master, receiving clients on our own after our master went back home, you see... The majority of health issues people deal with in the West is coming from the diet. Mm. But some come from the environment. We just saw COVID hit. Now, even this season of winter, we've seen RSV, yeah, respiratory, respiratory system, virus. system virus, which, you know, that's, <laughs> that's what the system is so good at, naming stuff. Right. And it keeps you enamored just like that, you know, in my analogy, that husband that does nothing but beat his family. Uh, in that analogy, he keeps you enamored. Maybe he brings gifts home every now and then, mm-hmm. you know, when he's feeling good. But then right after that, he's beating you again. Mm-hmm. So the medical system showed its ass. Total ass. With COVID. But then right after, it still has new long names and new long names for viruses. And then but vaccines for a new virus. Yeah, va- vaccines. But everybody's still getting sick. Mm. And now they even have new sicknesses coming from the people who are vaccinated, and they don't want to talk about why. They don't want to. Talk and now about young people are having heart attacks. Like I've, what? I've heard about more people dying from heart attacks. Did, did you hear about the uh, Golden State Warriors co- coach who just had a, a, a like one of the assistant coaches just mm-hmm. died in mm-hmm. the middle of a, a dinner? Mm-hmm. They're having a team dinner. And he just like had a heart attack and died right there. And no. they had to cancel games because it's like it's like you know the team team is traumatized, acute trauma. I mean, it's sad because uh, even people in our families, I'm sure there's yes. people in your reach that now are dealing with things like uh, unexplained fevers, unexplained heart racing, uh, hypertensive type issues. Um, inflammation in the body and the blood vessels 
and they have new names for it right so that they don't have to say oh yeah you know those vaccines that we didn't really take time testing and we forced on everybody that might have something to do with it yeah I mean, oh you know what this this disease covid that we didn't really understand in the first place yeah it actually might cause more inflammation in the blood vessels than it actually does anything to the lungs because we don't really know and and how many people actually ended up dying from from so-called uh, COVID, I'll, I'll put it di- dying with COVID. They died and they t- tested positive for COVID, but in many cases they died of symptoms associated with COVID, but they weren't actually tested for COVID because they were because the hospital staff was scared to even make contact with them and they left them in the room to die. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, versus in Africa, Merita where we didn't really see that happening. Uh, someone was just asking me the other day, like, how how did you guys treat COVID over there in Burkina Faso? I was like, it doesn't exist. It didn't exist. And it still doesn't exist. The only, when COVID was hitting the rest of the world and swallowing U.S. and swallowing U.K. Italy, Spain. The only thing we heard about in Burkina were the government officials that spent most of their time in U.S. or U.K. bringing it back. Uh, and coming down with it and then maybe somebody in their family or their workplace also got it. In the city, you don't hear about it. Nothing shuts down in the city because, you know, everybody has to work to eat. You leave the airport and then there's no such thing as masking or social distancing or anything. And then nobody's dying from it, nobody's having symptoms of it, and nobody's asking questions like, why are these people not suffering from it? When even in summertime, people are still dying of COVID in the U.S. But you do hear about it, but you hear about it on the political level. Right. Because the Because politics, they need to sell COVID tests. The so. politics is still playing the game. <laughs> and right. it wasn't Burkina where we live, but... Uh, because Burkina even at one point had come out and was saying it was working with the healers because the healers already have the recipes to deal with it. And in Burkina, we have the recipes and all of that. It was up front. Other countries, I'm not going to name because I'm not entering the political game, but other countries even were claiming they had more people dead from it than they actually did. Any death, they can register as a COVID death and now they get more money from France they get more money from whoever is their colonial power that they're that they're linked to, to now do more testing and bring in more vaccines and all of that. And so to keep that supply coming, they have to report, oh, these people got it. And that was sad to see because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's not over here. You know, people are suffering from it. Because it was a hustle. Like the, you have to spend, um, you know, 50 bucks every time you have to go in or out of the country to, uh, to get a COVID test. Sometimes you got to get two. But that's why I bring up those environmental illnesses, because in the West, what we don't understand is that our immune systems are so weak, so protected. Compromised. I was explaining the other day to some people that by the age of two, a child, a baby growing up in the village probably had malaria 20 times, probably had to deal with natural illnesses and then be bathed in herbs, be given herbal treatments and their body learned together with nature how to overcome those illnesses. Mm. Where by the age of two, the baby has so much as a sniffle, you're forcing antibiotics on it. And then those antibiotics don't help the immune system to fight it actually breaks the immune system down and the body down because mm. it's antibiotic. Anti-life is attacking the body. So we really, just to make that point and come back to the same overarching point is that we just walk in with leaders that don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. We walk in behind leaders in the medical field that don't know what they're doing. While they don't know what they're doing, while they're bumbling and groping for which way they're going to go, how they're going to fix this issue, how they're going to solve this problem, how, they, how they're going to make money off of this problem, not even solve this problem. We're busy fighting on how come we can't get it for free? How come we can't get the poison they give us for free? Mm-hmm. How come we can't get the, the low quality service they bring us for free? And don't misunderstand me. I'm talking about a system. In any system, people are people. 
there are going to be doctors and surgeons and nurses out there that want to be very good at their work. They want to study. They want to do all of that. They want to help people. They want to help people. Fine. That's great. And courage and power to all of them. And what you will even notice is that when you have a doctor like that or a nurse like that, they usually encourage you away from just taking more medication because they know the flag they're under, the system they work with, where they were educated, that place is only about profits and death. It's just the system. We mm -hmm. can't change the system as an individual. I mean, you in, in, dur during COVID times, they came. there was cheap, over-the-counter, generically produced medications that have been used for decades, over 50 years, and they say, hey, these can help uh, mitigate the symptoms of COVID and they said don't use these because they're not tested then they give you a vaccine that's not tested then they give you other new drugs that are not tested that are killing people that are causing major side effects and you know they're having protocols in the hospital where doctors and nurses are not allowed contact with patients that they're not uh, allowed to you know I had a I had a friend who, who worked at a hospital um, and she got COVID working in the hospital as you can expect she would they sent her home they said don't do anything they just they didn't give her any med not a single remedy to take not cough syrup not Tylenol I'm saying nothing they said we don't know what this is when you can clearly see the symptoms of how the body's reacting is causing mucus production, it's causing fevers, it's causing all these different things that we know already that we deal with every single year. And it's like we act like, oh, this is a new virus. We don't know what it is. When did we ever in history test before we took some cough medicine, which kind of virus we have? You know, even if cough medicine isn't the best thing to take, I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying, when did we ever test what kind of virus we have if we have a fever before we take something to reduce the fever? When did we ever do that? Now, suddenly we have a whole different way of dealing with our health. I swear, you know, probably 99, 90% of the deaths, uh, you know, look, I'm not. I'm not a scientist. Okay? Yeah, see, that's so, you gotta slow down the way you talk, or else the people that's in at home are gonna, gonna be like, put, "That's gonna, wrong." I'm, I don't gonna, gotta say like, I'm gonna say like this. I'm gonna say like this. Okay, I would I would say that there's a high percentage of people who died just because of the way the hospitals were functioning. Uh, that's always that's not versus, saying anything. Versus, you know, <laughs> it it would have been better just like my friend just to have done nothing or just done what you usually do instead of going and panicking and going to the hospital. Oh my God, you know, and then you think you're dying, so your heart rate's up, you're you're breathing faster, your oxygen levels are down, you got a mask on. Oh, that's the other thing. My grandma went to the hospital because she had uh, they had found cancer. On her and uh, you know it kind of came out of nowhere mm. who knows what whether it had something to do with the you know booster shot she got a month or so earlier but um, anyway uh, she was don't imply things like that because we're going to take our video down <laughs> I didn't say it YouTube and he didn't mean it yeah 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 uh, we might have to cut some of this out, you know. They're, they're gonna the the censors, fact checkers are gonna come get us, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but um, the uh, the doctor was telling her, oh, because they were measuring her oxygen. They put that thing on her finger to measure the oxygen level in the blood, you know, because uh, somehow air is supposed to be in the blood. I don't understand how that works. But uh, the she had her mask on, because you know. Uh, but then the doctor was like, oh, you should take your mask off so your oxygen level will go up. <laughs> we need a sound effect. And that, that was the exact thing that they're measuring to say, you know, do you need to go on a ventilator? Do you need to have air force down your throat? You know, uh... I, yeah, 
Yeah. No, they showed their ass. I said it already. No, and then you still. But that's that's really the point that I think we are bringing to summarize this series is that you have to to all of our listeners, no matter the age group you at, no matter where you are in life, you have to think about what system you're dependent on, mm. what system you're giving authority to. You can look around the world. All indigenous systems of healing, they all have huge similarities. They all are going to be based... What are you doing? Nothing. They all have huge similarities. They all are going to be based on the four elements. Fire, air, water, earth. They all start with that. Everything about healing a human being, understanding a human being, starts with those four components because those are the four building blocks that make us up, that make up the nature that heals us, that we go to to heal us, it's all there. I don't hear about fire, air, water, and earth at the hospital. I don't hear about that in the pharmaceutical, in the pharmacy. No, they think they're so smart because they came up with a hundred something different what so-called elements. So, so we have to just start following the systems that work. And we have to be able to detach and and kind of it's almost like when you break an addiction like i was saying it's just like that's the prolonged trauma we have so even though it's trauma it's still what we know it's still what's comfortable it's still what's familiar so we don't know how to do anything else mm -hmm. but now especially with the way the world's changing especially with the accessibility that that system brought to humanity and Mazenaba used to say that you know the good thing about evil is that evil doesn't have foresight and evil will even bring the things to give access to that will even help the human being get out of that evil mm. or avoid that evil mm -hmm. and now you see how humanity has so much access to information and so many things and even access to travel now you don't have to stay in chicago you can go and see in africa people live a totally different way mm -hmm their whole lifestyle from sunrise to sundown is totally different what they do when they're sick is totally different so you have that access now with that access you have to learn to unhook from the addictions of the modern medical system from the modern system that is just killing us and then find a system that works on the planet that works we talked about that in that first issue uh, or that first episode where we Talk to the sisters from Ancasta, Jazra Shimzura, and Zeta Nefer Zipiyutu. And they talked about how much healing is a lifestyle. Mm. How much healing is a, you know starts even before the womb. Because the baby's being born, even before the baby's born, the parents, if they're really deep in tradition, they're already checking on the energies of that pregnancy, the the spiritual uh, um, factors in that in that pregnancy, does that does that spirit have a clear path to get in here? Do I have to get rid of any blockages? Who's the spirit that's coming? Which one of my ancestors is returning? All of that is done even before the child is born. Mm. Now you don't have to go to a doctor and then the doctor pump you with fear. And you know what? It might come out wrong. You know what? It's better. We just scheduled the delivery. For generations, we didn't have C-sections or scheduled deliveries. Why would we need them now? Mm. It's just so that it can line your pocket. So understand that it's about choosing another system. You're not missing anything because you don't have health care from this system. That's just a trap. You're not missing anything because you don't understand the names that the system is given to diseases. They don't know how to cure. Who, what do I care what name you use if you don't know how to fix it? Right. I would rather you're doing the so-called fix it is making it worse. I'd rather just listen to somebody who I don't even know what language they speak. If they can fix it, I'd rather have that. Right. Don't tell Simple. me anything. Just give me a yeah. Tea. Just give me the tea to fix it, and I'm done. We're done here. Thank you. So that's you know, uh, for our listeners trapped in the modern world, trapped in the modern paradigm, understand that there is something better out there, but this system has many faces. 
The system has many faces, and though you might be able to look at some faces and see, wow, that's a scary face. The prison industrial complex, that's scary. The underground drug, you know, system, that's scary. You mean they lead wars in other places just to get resources that can make drugs and then sell them back here? That's scary. But the modern medical system is the same monster. It's just a different side with a different face. Because everything is doing is just for profit. It's just for gain. And at the expense of the individual, the individual's health, the individual's life, the individual's family. And I wouldn't say that gain is the only uh, thing that they're after in terms of uh, profit. But they also, you know, if you look at the way that the system functions to kind of break you down so that when the system is done with you, you're on, you know, when you reach the age of retirement where you can so-called go and uh, enjoy life, you're supposed to be already so sick uh, that you're not going to be able to live long and spend that pension that you spent your money, uh, you spend your Social Security that you, you know, been paying into uh, every check. You're not supposed to be able to spend that. So, you know, it's money that not only the medical system itself, but probably the whole system is the whole governmental agency is uh, benefiting from. Then, you know, the whole consequence of not having elders uh, that we, or we throw our elders in a, a nursing home because uh, their prostate is gone, they can't hold their pee and you don't want to be changing their diapers, so you put them in the nursing home. The prostate is gone because you took them to the medical system that cut the it out. The prostate is gone. I mean, you know, it's either gone, actually gone, or it's gone as in it's not functioning because of basically modern health incompetence and how they don't know how to take care. I mean, the prostate, just the, just the ability to hold your pee has to go for 80% of men. Like, why? Yeah, but aside from the prostate thing, which we're bringing in a whole other conversation. Or the dementia. Uh it's just about the system diversifying its income streams. Mm. You know what did Wu Tang say on Chappelle show? Diversify your invest investments. Bong bong. I don't remember, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So you know we have to just understand that this system isn't isn't here for the benefit of human beings. Mm. It's it's here for maybe the benefit of uh, trade, but even. The way that's presented to us, free trade is not, it's not the way it is. But that's a whole other series of episodes. Yeah, but, you know, what I would say, though, is if you're looking into possibly investing yourself in alternative, you know, I don't even like that word, alternative. Like, that's what it's I alter It's alternative. We call it alternative now because the system has done such a gangster job of making sure that uh, they criminalize every other form of healthcare. But that that's why that's why I don't like alternative because alternative puts everything on the same level. And alternative health of somebody that wrote a book because they thought they had a bright idea or read a book and interpreted it, interpreted it a certain way and then wants to run with that and tell people they know how to take care of their health versus traditions that stand on generations of knowledge and generations of recipes and proof as to how they take care of the people and their health and their society, those two things aren't on the same level. Right. And yet they're both identified as alternative healing. Right. Well, alternative is just a subjective term. It's alternative to you because the main thing you go to is the modern system. So anything that's not the modern system will be considered an alternative. And you don't know one thing for another. So maybe for you, it's all on the same level. But, you you know, if you think about it, there's got to be a difference between the one that has thousands of years of history versus the one that someone just came up with last year and wrote a book and it's all experimental. So, you know, for sure you want to... Uh, do your research but if you're looking into doing something that's coming from tradition as my brother's saying um, just come with the open mind because you want to understand that the reason why uh, it's traditional and it's not modern is because it functions a totally different way so many of the ways that it's many of the things that it's built on are are things methods that are criminalized, marginalized, or demonized by the modern system that, you know, science will tell you, oh, this is unscientific. They'll tell you that this is uh, unsafe, this is unhygienic, this is whatever, whatever, whatever. When 
the success rate of healing for the what you consider to be the alternative or the traditional side might be much better but you won't go for it because it doesn't make you feel the same way it makes you uncomfortable because it's different than what you're used to and what you're growing up with uh your whole life in order to get better results than what we're used to getting we have to do what we're not used to doing and so <clears throat> to do what we're not used to doing is uncomfortable maybe even scary but it's what's necessary so you have to be ready to challenge yourself and overcome those fears and uh, those habits and discomforts and uh, prejudgments or whatever you have inside yourself that would be the reason to stop you. Well, even success rates, statistics, is just another trap. Because to have a traditional healer in the modern system, in a modern city, then to try to pull numbers and success rates from that traditional healer, it's going to be difficult mm -hmm. because the clients that traditional healer sees will probably 80% of them will be addicted to modern medicine. So they're only dabbling with him or her. And they only give them 40. I mean, that, that client will give that healer 40-50% of his attention and his time and his dedication because he will still really be relying on the, the monster he knows, mm. the devil he knows, mm. right? Now, then that healer will maybe fight and try to improve that person's health, save that person's life. They may make progress, but maybe that person's family will overpower that person and then talk them out of, hey, why are you doing alternative stuff? Come back to the hospital. And then that healer ends up losing that client. Or maybe the person just has a setback and they get scared and run back to the hospital. So that even is another, you know, is another trap. And yeah. that's what the, the sisters from Acosta were making the point. It's a lifestyle. It starts right. from the beginning. But when I was saying the message to whoever's listening at whatever age you are, it's about being in point A and trying to be where you set your goals. Mm -hmm. If your goals are in point B, you have to walk there with that being your goal. If you claim it's your goal, but really your goal is to stay in A. It's not your goal. And then it's not gonna you're not gonna have success. Just like any goal that you you claim you have but you don't really act like you have. So understand it's just a fact. Tradition heals. That's why it's tradition. Mm -hmm. That's why it's been preserved. That's why it's been passed down. Because That's why it people works. People still do it. That's because it works. And it didn't need an army to make sure it stayed around. It didn't need a, need a whole financial institution to make sure it stayed around. It didn't need an insurance companies to make sure it stayed around. It didn't need political games to make sure it stayed around. It stayed around because it worked. Mm. So. That's, that's just before, a fact. Before money existed. That's just a fact. Before profit was a consideration, people have been using it and it's been working because the only the only objective is to heal people. It meaning cure. Like that's a word we don't even like to use nowadays because it's like what does the modern system even cure? It doesn't because they don't have an interest in curing. They want to keep you uh, depending on whatever their medication is, well enough to work, sick enough to keep buying medicine or drugs as we call it. But uh, in traditions, the only objective is healing and curing disease, or, you know, more importantly, preventing it from happening in the first place. Right. So, you know, there's a lot to say about healing. I was really intending for this episode to be a short one, but there's a lot more that we can say because we're talking about even preventative medicine where the healer is going to try to prevent illnesses before they happen but just like i was even pointing at where that's even done before the spirit is born mm. before the before the mother gives birth to a child you already started adjusting energies to make sure that child won't face some accidents some illnesses etc etc and that can continue happening the your whole life long well, so, you mean spirits and energies can cause physical illness? Yes, I mean all of that. Oh. So, um, there's a lot more we can go into, but this episode has been very valuable to us. Um, 
hopefully the listeners got a lot from it and to close hopefully the listeners just understand that it's tradition that heals you have to find a tradition you can walk behind that you know isn't trying to take advantage of you isn't mm-hmm. trying to vampire you I mean literally like I don't go to the hospital neither does my family but you know uh, my kids like they we uh, we go with tradition tradition is our mainstream and then if the traditional option is not available that's when I look for an alternative and that alternative might be any number of things but you know if there's a difference between dipping your foot in the water and getting your foot wet versus jumping in the water you know you have to get in the water uh we even have a saying that um ancestors always bring at our temple that you know you go to the river if you go to the river your whole body has to get wet to prove that you went to the river you don't just go to the water the water and then you don't get in the water you don't you know if you call yourself bathing in the water and then you stand on the side of the river scooping with a calabash instead of like just jump in the river you know so you know that's that's how you really benefit from the river so all right uh this has been episode 13 and we're uh excited for our next episode as well we will be bringing our executive director on uh to talk about the legacy of 25 years of kepta in the west so um, we'll look forward to seeing you next time on Chicago Sunnyside Podcast. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe to this video if you enjoyed it and share it with your people. And don't forget to comment. Comment with any health questions you might have that we didn't address. Comment with any health concerns or even anything that you know resonated or spoke to you in any of the episodes. Mm-hmm. Make sure to comment about it because on that thread we can really start you know, to get into more information. Comment, y'all, ask your questions, especially if you have questions, ask your questions. Feedback, we always appreciate as well. See you next time on the sunny side. Peace. Life can be so sweet on the sunny side of the street.